Welcome to the Stoke It Up podcast, everybody, a podcast encouraging you in your journey with God. I'm Alan Stoddard, and I'm your host, and I'm excited, of course, today to have Ellen Cornell on the podcast. Ellen's no stranger to the Stoke It Up podcast, and she works or serves with crew formerly known as campus crusade for christ she is a missionary in orlando florida at disney world and god is bringing the nations to disney world so we're going to talk about what's going on in disciple making these days but before i do that i wanted to let aaron salvato and cody nunes give you an idea and vision for participating with us tomorrow on giving tuesday in the calvary global network initiatives it's amazing. I won't try to restate what they're doing. I'll let them say it all by themselves, and I'll meet you on the other side for the podcast. Hi, I'm Aaron Salvato. And I'm Cody Nunes. This Giving Tuesday, we're inviting you to join CGN in our mission that's transforming lives. At CGN, we're committed to raising up Bible teachers through Expositors Collective, empowering women in ministry with When She Leads, and planting new churches through Cultivate. We're also passionate about encouraging pastors and leaders with our Connect initiative, hosting impactful conferences and providing insightful articles on calvarychapel.com. Through CGM Media, we've got podcasts and a huge variety of resources. We're equipping leaders and Christians globally. Your support helps us continue these vital efforts. We're a small team doing big things. So this Giving Tuesday, your contribution can help make a significant difference. Support the work of Calvary Global Network this Giving Tuesday. You can visit cgn.org slash give to donate. Or you can text your donation of any amount to 84321. Together, we can spread the gospel across the world. Or welcome to the podcast, Ellen. Thanks, Pastor Alan. Happy to be here. Oh yeah, so you're you're always royalty. We were just talking about Dana Haynes and that crew, and I was thinking the other day about that lady. What was her name at First Baptist Church Ruidoso that discipled all you guys at her house on Monday nights? Martha. Martha. Martha oh, she was such a beautiful soul. Well, she still is. She's such a beautiful soul. And uh, I was thinking about that the other day as far as disciple making and how it happens. And that's what I want to talk to you about. I want to get an update. I always think, okay, let's check in with the crew people and find out what's going on with disciple making. I read your newsletter uh, recently. I read it every time you send it. But recently I read it and I was like, wow, you're getting things done. God's doing great things. Uh, with disciple making. And I tell everyone, Ellen, that if you're going to find a rhythm and pattern and content and style philosophy for disciple making, get with the people who are in the college styled ministries like Crew or Young Life or uh, the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association's follow up uh, team. Uh, same with uh, Greg Laurie. So so why don't you, for the sake of our listeners, tell tell everybody where you're located, what your ministry is, and what has God called you to do these days? Sure. Yeah, I'm in Orlando, Florida, and I'm actually working with the interns that come to work for Disney every year and every semester. So I'm working with college students from all across the U.S. and all across the globe. Wow. So the nation's coming to Orlando. 
That's right. And then they're here for a short time. Then they're sent back out to places we can't even go sometimes. So it's a really unique and cool strategy. It reminds me of Acts chapter two, where all those nations were there for the filling of the spirit of God. And I used a map of that recently where God brought the nations to Jerusalem to experience that and to go back to their nations with the gospel. Yeah, that's a great, um, a great example, a metaphor. I would say it's very similar. People come to Disney, some not even expecting to encounter God, and they um, encounter him and he changes their lives and they go back out and change the world for him. How long have you been with crew? Uh, I'll be coming up on my 10th year in August, so about nine and a half. I cannot believe it's been that long. It still feels like it's been three or four. Wow. Yeah, me either. That is unreal. Well, you obviously like it. That's right. Yeah. I love what I do. It's uh, it's a gift to be able to spend the best hours of my day reaching people for Christ. Ellen, when did you know God was calling you to that ministry? Did you have a special divine call to ministry? How did you know? I think there's a difference between calling me to ministry and that ministry. Okay. So, which one do you want to hear? Yeah, share both of those. Okay. I think uh, when I first understood the gospel, when I was middle school, high school age, I'd grown up hearing the gospel, but for the first time it became real and it became good news to me. It became something I wanted. And not only that, I realized if this is true, if this good news is true, it's the most important thing. I want to be a part of other people hearing it. And so I think that's when God put the call on my life to become a missionary. I didn't know how or what that would look like, if that would look like going overseas to a closed country or just being a missionary and a regular, just vocational job, reaching people for Christ. But I knew I wanted to share the gospel. And then specifically to crew, I got to college and I met a group of Christians that for the first time, I actually saw Christians having spiritual conversations, sharing their faith, people coming to Christ, lives being transformed. And that's something I had heard Christians talk about. I'd done Bible studies over, we've prayed for, but I never actually saw Christians put that into practice. So that was amazing for me to see. And I knew I wanted to be a part of that. Wow. Okay. Awesome. I think I had missed that part of the story. I probably have never asked you that. And the reason why is because if you're listening to the podcast today and you're wondering what's God called me to do, you know, God has a special calling by way of your salvation. And maybe you need to be praying and be sensitive to the fact that God, maybe he's calling you to crew. Maybe he's calling you to Young Life or some other ministry to the pastoral ministry. I'm actually recording this at Southwestern Seminary in Fort Worth. Maybe he's calling you to set your life apart, to get prepared to go uh, somewhere in the nations. We don't know what God may be calling you to do, but we uh, want to encourage you to follow the call of God on your life. Ellen, tell us how you're making disciples these days. Yeah, so I, like I said, I get the privilege of connecting with students from all across the United States and all across the globe. So many Christians come and they want to grow in their relationship with God. But for many of them, that means being in their holy huddle, 
surrounded by other believers where they can be encouraged. And that's not a bad thing. But when we truly experience intimacy with Christ, an ingredient in that has to be being his coworkers. In his word, we're called his coworkers. And I want to help students do that. And so when I connect with them, I tell them, hey, one of the main things of being a disciple is sharing our faith, sharing the good things that God has given us. And we see that in the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And we see that modeled also in 2 Timothy 2, 2, where Paul tells Timothy to go and trust what he's been taught to faithful men so they can teach others also. So what I do is I connect with students and every one of our discipleship meetings, I want to hear about their life. I want to point them to Jesus, but I also want to challenge them and give them practical tools on how to share their faith. So I equip, equip them, I train them, and then sometimes we actually go and do that. We're not just a pie in the sky talking about this, but we're going to put um, the rubber to the road and go meet international students at Disney or host a dinner with their friends where they're going to use the tools I've taught them to share their faith so that they're equipped at Disney, but they're also equipped for a lifetime to go out and be Christ's disciples and to be his co-workers in the world. Are you presently discipling anyone one-on-one -on -one or one-on-three? Uh, I am, yeah. There's a girl named Abby, actually, that I've been discipling for a year now, and she is really excited. Um, she came with me to Epcot a few weeks ago to meet international students. She's been sharing the gospel with one of her friends, and she's um, thinking about how she can reach her coworkers and roommates with the gospel. So the month of November is actually what we're focusing on for those last two categories, um, roommates and coworkers. And I think, yeah, she's getting really creative about how she can be intentional with that. How, if I were to press it and go, how do you disciple? In other words, what content do you use to disciple people? What are you using these days? Uh, so it depends for each person. Uh, because some people are new to the faith, some are uh, pretty experienced, but uh, Crew has a lot of tools, some called life concepts that are just core concepts of how do I know I'm saved? How do I share the gospel with another person? What is the Holy Spirit? So that's some content I've used. Um, and for, uh, yeah, a more mature believer, something I've used is something called the gospel-centered life. I would say more than content with discipleship, what's most important is uh, format. So I use an acronym called DNA. So the D stands for divine truth. Discipleship should have divine truth where we're connecting with the Lord, reading his word, growing in him. The next part is nurturing community. This is typically where Americans do a good job in discipleship. We view discipleship as counseling over coffee, but that's not all that it is. So we want to connect with the person we're discipling on a relational level, care for them, show compassion, wisdom, and love. But that's not all that discipleship is, which brings me to the last part, A, apostolic mission. Every meeting I have has some component of how can we be missional. So again, that's going to be the training component, the um, actual component of doing that the equipping, the teaching, so that they have the tools to jump into the apostolic mission. 
Wow, I love that DNA thing. I'm stealing that for sure. That is, I'm in. If, I'm joining your church. Okay, so <laughs> that is so awesome. That is wonderful. And I just want to say, man, listening to you pour all this out. Wow, that's humbling. <laughs> Everybody, I knew Ellen when she was in the youth group. So it's really cool to see this call going down. So, so you're getting people reproducing. That's right. Earlier, would that be a good statement that through focuses on getting even new believers into a kind of an early reproducible uh, expectation in their life? That's right. I would even say that some of the content we use, like some discovery Bible studies, what we're having people do is before they are even believers, one of the things that we challenge them to do in the discovery Bible study is to share what they learned that week with somebody so that they're already in the practice of sharing Christ with people, like the truth they've learned about Christ before they even become believers. So that when they are believers, it's like natural. Yeah. I share about who Jesus is. Um, but when someone does accept Christ within the first three meetings with them, we want to take them out to share the gospel. Um, and I think we see that modeled in the book of Acts where someone um, comes to know Christ and immediately they go out and share their faith and share their testimony. Um, of course, ongoing equipping is so important, but when we know the gospel, we have all the tools we need to be used by God to Ellen, share that message. Ellen, do you see that working? Are they taking it in the discovery Bible study? Are they taking that? and going and sharing, does that actually happen? Yes, we have seen that happen. And yeah. the reason why I ask is twofold. One, I have not used Discovery Bible Study as a tool yet, uh, but I know it. Uh, you turned Jake and Dana onto it, actually, and I had already just right around that time I had heard about it, so we started looking at it, and I'm hearing about it more and more. Um, so th that's my motive in asking. That is so exciting to see people uh, learning to reproduce, I always feel like we are late to the game in the church on that. Um, again, I don't know if you remember, I go around quoting the statistic, only one in 10 new believers gets discipled after they cross the line of faith. One in 10. And most churches have no plan to disciple people one-on-one -on -one or one-on-three, or really at all. It's really, uh, they might get in a small group, but when I I'm a small groups person, but uh, most of the time it's go into another group where no one knows you really, and we want you to listen to our teaching again, and there's no engagement or expectation of a reproduction. Mm -hmm. What yeah. is the most challenging part these days of disciple making for you in Orlando at Disney World? I think it's finding the right disciple. I think sometimes we think any believer is someone I want to challenge to discipleship. But if you think about Jesus, he had the 72 and then he had the 12. And so it says a lot of times it says this was a hard teaching. And so some fell away. And so Jesus is calling his disciples to a very high standard. And sometimes like I want to challenge certain girls to discipleship, but I share hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to learn how to share our faith. And that scares them. And so they fall away because they just want to go to a Bible study or go to a weekly meeting. And that's okay. But we want to invest our time in the people that are that 
understand the mission, that are engaged with the mission. And so I think finding the right people to disciple is a challenge, but when you find them and they're on board, they are so teachable and their lives are uh, multiplied into others. How do you find people at Disney World? Great question. Uh, a number of ways. So to find believers, we do a survey on Facebook of the groups and uh, kind of weed that out. And then for our international students, we actually go around the world showcase at Epcot and just create relationships and friendships with them and ask if they'd want to connect with us outside of the park. And from there, we start spiritual conversations with them. And then a lot of times it's just being highly relational. So a lot of the students that we already know or that are coming to something, we challenge them to be missional and invite their friends, their roommates, their coworkers. Um, we have holiday parties, Bible studies, and they invite these friends and that's where we get connected to new people. So social media, meeting people in the park and just relational connection. Wow, that's exciting. And I, I, I asked that, I, I think I knew the answer already, but I didn't know this. I never know the specifics. I feel like you guys with crew, I, I tell everybody you, you're on the front edge of, of, of actually doing it, but also thinking through new strategies for connecting relationally. Right. Yeah. And that's where Jesus started. I'm, I'm really thinking through strategy and vision for church life. And we're, we're seeking to plant a church down in Granbury, Texas. And I've been rethinking strategy. Most of the time in church, we go worship, connect, go. It's some concoction of that. Worship, connect, grow, uh, go. And what I've realized is that's not how Jesus did it. Mm -hmm. Jesus related to people first. And then he proclaimed the gospel very early, repent and believe the gospel. And then he discipled them for three years. And then he sent them out sacrificially. And I've been thinking about it. So it starts with relationship. And I know we say that all the time. So I know we all know that, but I don't think we intentionally do that well for the intention of discipling. And so uh, if you're listening, your, your relationships, your friendships, uh, they're crucial in your life as a bridge to disciple people in the gospel. Um, what barriers are you seeing, Ellen, in people going into the ministry these days? Are you seeing any? Are, are, young, are young adults your age going into the ministry? Yeah, I don't know if you've heard the term Gen Z. Have you heard that term? Yeah. Okay. So Gen Zers are very marked by a lot of things that have happened in the past 10, 20 years, one of them being the housing crisis in 2008. So we see a lot that comes from that, like a fear of um, being provided for, wanting to get a certain type of job. So a job like ministry or where they might have to raise their own funds might um, strike fear into them. But the reality is God has always called people to really big things that seem impossible by human human standards. And um, God is providing for, uh, even in the midst of our economy, how it is, he's providing for uh, Gen Zers. He's providing for millennials. He provides when he calls someone somewhere. Uh, but I think that's a big challenge is just uh, the reality of Gen Zers. 
And I think the reality of just um, our culture right now, people deconstructing their faith, people turning away from the church. Uh, it really takes Christians that believe what the Bible says and are willing to face persecution to step into something like ministry. It's not an easy thing to do. When people think about ministry, they're going to be thinking, how can I learn how to do all this stuff? What does equipping look like at crew these days? Do you still go to something once or twice a year and you get equipped kind of thing? Definitely. Yes. So when I joined staff, I was coached uh, and something called core training. So my coach would go out and share. We'd share our faith together. She would teach me things. We'd also go through like content. Um, and I did that for two years um, until I finished my core training. So there's that. And then, of course, there's always ongoing equipping. Uh, our nickname used to be Campus Crusade for Conferences because crew really values <laughs> not just equipping of ministry tools, but also character. I think that's one thing I love about working for crew is they really care not just about the things you can do, but the, the person you are and your character that reflects Christ in all that you do. That's exciting to hear. Amen to that. We all need to hear that. Well, uh, we're excited about what God is doing in and through your life. Uh, Ellen, you're still a young lady to me. You're, you're growing in the Lord. I hear you and you, all this coming out of you. And I'm like, wow, you're, a, you're an expert equipper now, which is pretty <laughs> amazing. You wouldn't say that about yourself, but I'm telling you, it's really amazing to see how um, God is using you there in Florida. If you were going to give somebody some advice on how to connect with crew to get involved with crew in the ministry, what would they need to do? Just reach out to you or is there somebody else they would reach out to? What would you say they should do? As far as getting involved as like wanting to be staff or just wanting yeah. to uh, Either way. website crew.org. You can find local ministries. Uh, there's places where you can apply, where you can volunteer. You can search in the search bar your location, so whether that be a campus or a city, and uh, there's bound to be a crew or something that crew does nearby. Okay, very cool. And what if somebody's considering a call to ministry and maybe considering crew, and they're like, I don't know how I would raise money, or I don't know how I would get equipped. Can I ask somebody some questions? What would you tell them? Definitely. I would say go ahead and apply, because uh, you can't... If you get accepted, you don't have to take the job, but go ahead and take that first step and apply. I think that'll help uh, you just to discern God's call. And then um, there's someone you can talk to through the application process about that. And I would say no matter what you decide, it's going to take a step of faith. Whatever job you do, whether it be ministry or um, just uh, another job that people do, you know, it takes a step of faith. We're always trusting God. I trust God for my finances. Others are trusting God that they won't lose their job in a month. Um, we just don't always see that, that everything comes from his hand. And so um, more than figuring out, figuring out the practical application, I would say pray. And when God calls you to something, be obedient to that. And he will make a way for whatever he calls you to do. Well, amen to that. Well, Ellen, thank you again for coming on the Stoke It Up podcast. We love you, of course. Please tell Andrew we asked about him. He's a great man of God. We love you guys and excited about 
um, what God's doing. It's great to stay in touch with you after all these years of us all being a Rui Doso. Of course, if you see Dana next week, please give her my regards. Love that lady. She's gold. And for those of you listening, uh, thank you for tuning in to the Stoke It Up podcast. Share this content where you feel it might need to be shared. And you might know somebody that's looking to go into the ministry. Crew ministry and collegiate ministry is usually just fire. It's excellent. It's exciting. And disciple making in and of itself is very exciting. And so we always like to check in with the disciple maker. So again, Ellen, thank you for being a part of the Stoke It Up podcast today. My pleasure. Love what you're doing here. Amen. All right. We'll see you guys later. God bless.